the 11th of October, 2007, episode 88. The Rookie Designer, with your host, Adam Hay. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. So today we're going to go back to our buddy Paul Mycroft. He actually submitted his second part of the SEO, that's Search Engine Optimization. And I asked him on the second one to actually kind of relate it a little bit more to web design when he could. So that it's not, I said before, this is kind of a dry subject. It's very, very, very important. If you're building websites, it's very important to keep in mind all these things that he's talking about. Otherwise, nobody's ever going to find the website that you're building. But I know that it can, you know, get a little boring. So I asked him to try and relate it to web design and how you can, you know, practice what he's, what he's preaching here in your own web design. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoy this. I'm going to come back afterwards and maybe have a couple of comments and uh, also talk about a couple of other things. And uh, well, that's about it. So let's get right, right to our buddy, Paul Mycroft. And I want to thank him so much. His timing could not have been better because I've actually been kind of sick this week. So talking for an hour probably wouldn't have been the best thing for me. So thank you very, very much, Paul. And uh, well, let's get to his little presentation here. Uh, Part number two of the uh, SEO or search engine optimization. I almost forgot I had some news to read. Okay, so uh, just a couple of things here. First of all, thank you guys for listening. I really, really appreciate you guys tuning in, subscribing, however you're getting this. I I appreciate that you listen to me and give me the time. Um, You share. If anybody wants to send anything in, we have a nice you share from Paul Mycroft today. And uh, I've had a couple of submissions. If you have recording equipment and you have a topic that you're just burning to talk about, definitely send it to me. Record something. It doesn't matter how long it is. Um, probably don't want to make it too, too long, but you know, if you got like 20, 30 minutes on something, that'd be perfect. If you don't have recording equipment and you still want to participate, send me an email, send me a word doc, an InDesign doc, send me anything. Just, uh, let me know. And you can send those to Adam at rookiedesigner.com. The tell a friend program always going on. I'm always asking you guys to tell anybody that you think will uh, like this program, benefit from it. Maybe they're getting into design. Maybe they're, uh, hey, they've been in design for a while, but they need something to listen to. Tell them about it. Tell them where to find it. And I would really appreciate that. Um, App Clinic. I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, I don't know if I've said it every single time, but uh, Quick Tips for Designers has actually changed its name to App Clinic. So you can find that at appclinic.com. And uh, same thing, free tutorials, free video tutorials. Nothing's changed except for the name. Even the feed is the same. So if you were subscribed, you are most likely still getting it. If you didn't know that the name changed and you were subscribed, then look at the top of your list in your iTunes and you'll probably find App Clinic in there. Um, Another thing on that, there's an archive there that I am hoping you guys will check out. It's appclinic.com slash archive. Hmm. I guess I should have checked that out before I started saying it. Uh, anyways, it's uh, if you go to appclinic.com, there's a button on the top now that says archives. Click on that and it's actually set up through Rever, but you can actually watch it on that page now instead of having to go to the Rever website and actually do make a little bit of change every time somebody watches them. So uh, please, if, you, uh, if you're looking for tutorials, and uh, some of those catch your eye, definitely you'll be helping me out if you check those out. Uh, One more thing. I got a message from someone today. Sorry, I forgot your name already. Uh, Warning me that my MySpace was actually kind of spamming people with stuff. And I noticed this, there was like videos on there or something. So uh, I went up, um, I think it was Sue. I think that's who it was. So thank you, uh, Sue, or if it's not Sue, sorry. But thank you for for telling me about that. I went up and changed my password. So hopefully that will stop that. And I I apologize if anybody got some weird mail with some videos in it or something. I don't know what was going on with that. But uh, I guess I need to pay a little more attention to MySpace. Last but not least, uh, contest. We're having a contest. I told you about this before. Still no concrete details on the grand prize. I know it's going to be something good. Uh, It's going to be something that's worth quite a bit of money. So... um, The way you enter this thing, and I've got lots of them already. I'm very excited. Lots of entries. The way you enter is you go to rookiedesigner.com and you click on the support button on the top navigation. And then at the top of that page, it says, you know, you can fill out this uh, reader survey or this listener survey 
that will help me out. So the way you enter the contest is that to actually fill out that form and click the little button and the uh, form slides down, fill that whole thing out and submit it and you're automatically uh, entered for the contest. And again, we're going to have lots of books to give away. Uh, I think I have a DVD to give away with uh, video tutorials. And again, something super special. I'm not going to lock myself into anything because I haven't decided exactly what it's going to be, but it's going to be something very cool. So uh, if you haven't entered the contest already, please get up there and do so. And uh, maybe you'll be the winner of the super duper rad prize. Last, I said last already, didn't I? Okay, last thing. This podcast is brought to you by GoToMeeting. And GoToMeeting, those guys make a cool application that lets you meet with other people online. But instead of, you know, just using email or over the phone with the voice, you can actually show them what you're doing. So with GoToMeeting, it's just like everybody's in the same room. They log in through an internet browser and instantly they're looking at your desktop. You get to show them anything you want to show them and you get to meet for an unlimited unlimited time for one flat rate. You're not paying per minute. You're not paying per hour or per meeting. You pay one rate and you meet a bunch of times. This is cool for us. Why? Because, well, maybe you need to show some proofs to somebody. Maybe you need to collaborate with another designer that's in an area that's far away from you. And you can get that instantaneous gratification of being able to talk to each other and show each other what you're doing. Okay, so if you want to try this out, you can go to gotomeeting.com forward slash tech podcasts. That's gotomeeting.com forward slash tech podcasts. And make sure you... uh, Check that out because it's uh, it's a little different than before. Uh, we are actually on the tech podcast now. So um, if you want to try that, they they let you try it for 30 days for free. And uh, once again, that's gotomeeting.com forward slash tech podcast. It's very cool stuff. Check it out. Hi, Adam. This is Paul Mycroft with part two in the two-part series of search engine optimization and web design. The first part about the top 10 myths of SEO was back in your podcast number 84, back in uh, mid-August. So I hope your listeners found it useful. I continue to enjoy your podcast and congratulations on updating your website. That's always an achievement. So in part one of this highly exciting and sexy topic, I exploded a few myths about the search engines and what may be misinformation out there about how they work and how they rank your website. So this time, I'll cover 10 good ways to improve your website's ranking, while at the same time, try and link each tip to how it can affect web design. So even though web design is not not really a factor in search engine ranking, it's still a vital role to play in converting any traffic you do get from the engines to a sale or an action. Every web designer should be aware of the search engines and how they work but it's also important to note that your ranking can be affected not only by what happens on your website, but what happens off it. A reasonable percentage split is about 40% on-site, 59% off-site, and 1% luck. So you need to be aware that once you have optimized your website for your chosen phrases, the hard work begins. From inbound linking, to marketing, blogs, to podcasts, forum participation, to writing creative content, all play a role in how well your site can rank and how much targeted traffic you get. But remember that whatever you do, and I've got to stress this, you must do it for your clients or your visitors before the search engines. Always be thinking, how can I help my clients before how can I get to number one? So before further ado, we will move on to the 10 tips. They may be, they may not be the, the top 10 tips, but they are certainly 10 strong tips that will help your website rank. So I hope you can stay awake long enough to get to the end. Tip number one, keyword use in the title tag. So the title tag, if people are not aware of what it is, is what appears at the very top of your web browser. So if you're on the PC and Windows and you're using Microsoft Internet Explorer and you go to a website such as CNN.com, the title tag will say cnn.com hyphen breaking news US world weather entertainment and video news hyphen Microsoft Internet Explorer. If you're in Firefox, it will just say the cnn.com up to video news. And if you're in Safari on the Mac, same thing, dead center. So if you do a search on Google, 
for example, the title tag will be the link in the first line of this result snippet of which there are 10 on a page. It will be followed by a couple of lines and text and then the web address in the fourth line. So the title tag is absolutely essential in web design and search engine optimization. Some of the tips about the title tag, every page must have a unique tag and represent what's on the page. There's a 54 character limit including a space. It kind of goes up to 60 if you have to. But if you go over 60, you run the risk of having the dreaded dot 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 which cuts off your title tag in Google and maybe in Yahoo and MSN. So you really don't want that to happen. So you've got to try to restrict your tag to 60 characters including spaces. I usually take my top three phrases for that page and I put them in separating each one with a pipe which is a vertical character. On the PC it's above the enter button on the right above the forward slash so it's on the same key as the forward slash and you get to it by using the shift that key. On the Mac it's above the return button same key combination of forward slash and pipe so I usually separate my keywords with that which are nice and clear and concise um, I use my top researched phrase first so the strongest phrase usually comes at the beginning and I don't feel there's a need to mention the company name in the title if you have to put it at the end after a pipe you can always include the company name in your meta description or the first paragraph of your copy because it will appear underneath the link in the in the text snippet on the second and the third line so you can always put it in the meta description tag Google doesn't use it for ranking but it shows it um, other engines some of them use it for ranking but not Google so you can put the company name in your meta description and leave it out of the title tag avoid stop words such as is and the of and to and try not to repeat keywords. Try to use three separate phrases or one phrase in a constructive sentence. Now the web design tip for this one I would think would be that the title tag needs to appear enticing to the user so they'll click on it in the search engines, right? So just like an action item button on your website you need to creatively think about how you can describe what is on the page and differentiate yourself from the competition enticing the user to click on your link within five seconds of them arriving at the results page using no more than 60 characters. So not much of a challenge there, eh? but still that, that's where the design comes into it, using grammar and logic and trying to get, uh, get that elusive click. Tip number two, the anchor text of the inbound link. And the anchor text is the text inside a text link pointing towards a web page. The phrasing, terms, order and length of a link's anchor text is one of the largest factors taken into account by the major engines for ranking. So for example, here's a sentence with a couple of links. At Paul Mycroft and Company, well, I would use that wouldn't I, we offer open link, professional web design, close link, as well as outstanding free monthly open link HTML email newsletter close link period. So there's a sentence with two links inside of it. The anchor text is professional web design and HTML email newsletter. The inclusion of your most important keywords in the anchor text can make a big difference in the final ranking of the recipient page. All major search engines place significant importance on the anchor text on your pages. The tip here Again, using links inside a paragraph requires thought and design. Don't just link your keywords inside your paragraph where they don't make sense. Make sure the grammar logically flows with the link being the action, maybe a combination of graphics and text. But remember that you are in charge of what your visitor does, or you should be in charge, guiding them to your goal on the website. Tip number three, global link popularity of website. Your site must be important because you have a thousand links coming in, right? Wrong. You may have a thousand links coming in but 90% of those links are from link farms or websites that have absolutely nothing to do with your site subject. 
In other words, you're not as important as you thought. It's about both link quality and, to a lesser extent, quantity. If you're linked from a website that already has good rankings, then your site will benefit from that link juice because that link will show the search engines that your site is important enough to be linked to and give you credit for that with a decent rank. The tip here would be using websites such as backlinkwatch.com or Yahoo's Site Explorer, which is known to be one of the best link analysis tools out there, it's free, to check the number and quality of the inbound links. In Yahoo Site Explorer, if you type site colon www.yourdomain.com with no space, you should get a number and you can then separate that number into links from other pages on your site and links from other websites to your homepage and to the whole site in general. It's pretty, it's pretty cool tool. But the latter is what you're concerned with. The tip here, design a great looking site with lots of juicy content and things to do and people will link to your site. So the design should lead to popularity. Tip number four, the age of the site. And here we briefly cover the age of your website or the launch of indexable content as seen by the search engines. So if you purchased your domain name 10 years ago and then you parked it, which means you, you keep it at the hosting company in your account and it points to a generic under construction page while you waited five years to launch the site, only the five years count since the site was launched. So recently aging's taken on more significance when it comes to your site's ranking as the search engines have come to place more emphasis on trusted sites or ones that have been around for a decent amount of time. They, they kind of want the cream to rise to the top. So the weight they place on your site has increased. This is a big factor known as an aging delay, especially for sites less than one year old. If your site is less than six months old, it can be repressed on Google by some sort of sandbox or temporary holding pen. This could be to prove to them that your site is long-term and means business rather than a fly-by-night who disappears after six months. Web design tip here, absolutely none. Tip number five, link popularity within the site's internal link structure. So a specific page's importance in a site's overall architecture, let's say it's your product's homepage, can be measured by the importance and depth of other pages on the site that refer to that specific page. Could be the center of a web, if you can imagine that spider's web, the center of that web is your goal page. So all of these outer pages link to it. So if a product page, as we've as we said, is, is an example, is linked from the home and other important pages, its overall importance in the site will be high, right? Because everyone's linking to it. So if it's, a, if it's linked from pages that have no overall value, like the terms and conditions page or your privacy policy page, this could negate the linking. Uh, you really want to link from other important pages to the most important page. You could add links in a sitemap. You could use a footer text navigation a sidebar include files. They're basically snippets of code called into each page where you update one file and you update that place across the whole website. You could use a sidebar there, a sidebar include, or, or your headings and your H1 and H2 tags. Use captions under images. Don't just stick a big image in there with no alt tag, with no caption underneath it, because images have alt text, which can also be taken into account if that image is a link. So copy within the first paragraph, surrounded by strong keywords, avoiding click here when you can. If flash menu buttons are used, additional HTML links should be included as a precaution against possible search engine spider omissions. So the tip here would be, again, the linking structure must make sense to the user, so your design is crucial. As you only have a short amount of time to grab your visitors' attention, you must pay uh, close watch to the areas that the human eye looks at and in what order. People might start top left, where the logo is, down the left navigation, over to the right side, then back to the middle. And they do this in under three or four seconds, so you don't have much time. Your links must be placed in logical locations 
and this is where your design comes into it. Tip number six, topical relevance of these inbound links to your website. This is the subject specific relationship between the site pages linking to your site and the target phrase. The importance of your page and hence your page rank is filtered by the relevance of your inbound links. So if the query is, let's say, professional web design, your page is about web design, and you have an inbound link from a site about beer tasting, which I just pull off the top of my head, that link will not add very much to the important score of your page for the query professional web design. It's pretty logical, right? If the inbound link is from a page about web design, on a site about web design and uses the words web design in the anchor text of the link, the inbound link will add a tremendous amount of important score to your page. Well, how do you find out how good a link is? You could look at how it ranks in the search engine results pages for the query web design. If it's on the first two pages, you could have struck gold and you could have a valued link worth nurturing or even paying for. And the same goes for directories. You know, there's a lot of directories out there. Um, it's fine to pay a directory 50 bucks a year to list you, but before you do this, make sure the directory category that you're listed in is highly relevant to you. Dig down to find that category and then submit your URL. And make sure the link juice you get from this directory is worth it by checking its page rank. And you can try a, you can try a tool such as top25web.com slash pagerank.php and that should give you the Google page rank of the page in question. A tip here, web design tip, if you're aware of your position within your own community and know your target market, you should be designing content and structure so it's relevant to them and they feel like you know their business and what goals they are trying to achieve. When it is, you should attract links from community related websites and if you can increase the relevance of your inbound links, not only will you benefit from those links, but you might get some business too. So, bit of a bonus there. Number seven, link popularity of the site in the topical community. So I know we're kind of getting a bit, we might be crossing over subjects here, but this is a separate tip from the previous one, which was topical relevance of inbound links. This is the, the link popularity. So it's the link weight of the target website amongst its peers on the online world. If you can get links from authority websites within your community, you may end up ranking above them for your keyword phrases. This is especially true if the topical community contains signals of trust, such as maybe there's a lot of EDU or GOV domain names which are from educational or governmental websites which have a high ranking of, of trust in the in the online world so your web design tip is your logical place in your community is usually governed by how well you design your business and how it's presented to that community tip number eight the keyword use in in body text now before we start this tip number eight um, let's get something straight hey listening wake up you should always write your copy for your customers and visitors, not the search engines. You get that? You should always write your copy for your customers and visitors, not the search engines. So after all, the search engines don't actually buy anything, right? They're just a vehicle to bring people to your site who are looking for something specific. If you write for a search engine with a repetitive use of keywords in ways that make absolutely no sense to a human, you're not focusing on your customers. You're starting to obsess with search engine rankings and ignoring the essence of the internet, which is human interaction and emotions. You should prepare about 600 to 800 words of copy for a web page, integrating the two or three phrases for that page into the copy so it makes sense to the visitor. If you can't do this yourself, we recommend using a professional service, copywriting service. The money you invest in a well-written page can pay dividends as more people do what you want them to do because of how the copy is written. Again, it's all about human emotion and how people react to the words they are reading. Your web design tip here, logical and sensible design using a combination of graphics, words and grammar 
will help convert your visitors to an action. Tip number nine, the global link popularity or authority of the linking site. In tip number three, we said it's about the global link popularity of your site. Well, this one is about the linking site to you. Again, the spider's web. If you're the center of the web and you have some very strong links coming in from the outside, uh, from authority sites in your field such as directories, industry directories or .edu, education sites, experts in the field, then you're on your way to being an authority site yourself. And sorry, once again, I don't really have a web design tip for this one. So we'll move on to the final tip, which is the rate of new inbound links to your site. The frequency and timing of external sites linking into the given domain. If you get a lot of links quickly, it can really help your ranking and search engine referrals. Web design tip, again, a well thought out and well designed site given the right initial launch strategy can, can attract a lot of early links, especially in the viral world that now encompasses the internet where news travels fast and good news travels even faster. So that's, a, that's my 10 tips. I hope you found them useful. You can read more about SEO and web design at paulmycroft.com SEO. I hope you enjoyed this series and good luck with the podcast, Adam. I'll be listening. Bye. All right. Thank you again so much, Paul. I really, really appreciate you sending that stuff in and uh, really uh, shedding some light on some subjects that maybe I know a little bit about, but absolutely don't know as much as you. So I'm glad somebody can uh, come in and share with us about something like that, 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 like I said, is really kind of important, has grown in importance in the last uh, couple of decades for sure. Uh, but, but seems lately it's getting more and more important every day. So, uh, Good things to, to know there. And thank you again. And uh, let me just tell you guys, if you have any more questions about SEO, uh, I would direct you to his website, which is at paulmycroft.com. And uh, I will also put that up in the show notes, which you can find at rookiedesigner.com slash rookie. So you can just go up there and click on the link and go ask him some questions. I hope that's okay if I'm doing that, Paul. Uh, also, if maybe you just want him to actually you know, consult for you or, or help you out with your SEO on your site, uh, that's definitely the place to go. paulmycroft.com. That's uh, actually looks like what he does. So uh, I'm sure if you gave him some business, that would be excellent. Um, but again, thank you, Paul, for that. And I think uh, before we get into anything that I'm going to say, let's go ahead and break and we'll come back right after this. The keys to the game. Our key command for today is in Photoshop, and it's one of those ones that really kind of saves us some time when we're trying to figure out, you know, sizes of things. So this one is to size your text in Photoshop and doing it with a key command instead of, you know, with the little slider deal. So what you're going to do is select whatever text you want to mess with, and you're going to use these key commands to move it to make the type size bigger or smaller. So on the Mac, it's going to be Command Shift and either the greater than or less than sign, or that would be the, the period or the comma. And on the PC, that should be control shift and the greater than or less than. And I think you could probably figure out which one is going to make it bigger and smaller. So uh, check that one out. It's a, it's a great one to have in your back pocket. So I thought I'd just uh, throw a couple of thoughts on top. I'll try not to just regurgitate what he said too much, but there's a couple of things that kind of stand out to me. And um, my company is actually going through, I'm about to redesign our public facing site. We have a public facing site and one that's uh, for members only that, that they have to log into. And we're going to redo the public site and we're kind of doing it hand in hand with this SEO company in there. So I'm hearing a lot of the same kind of stuff. Like these are the things that you should be doing to make sure that, you know, your website is set up for the bots to go and crawl it and for you to get higher rankings on the search engine. So um, things like the keywords and the title tag. And this is something that everybody can do. That's why I love this tip. Uh, everybody, you know, you make a web page, you got the title tag right there. And please, please don't ignore this. You know, it's, it's something that shows up on the actual browser. So you want to make sure you don't ignore it. But in addition to not ignoring it, I mean, you can get some great use out of this by putting some of your keywords in there. Now, how do you actually go and find your keywords? Uh, I think a little of that he went over in the first part of this, but, uh, that is something that's a little more complicated. I mean, if you really, really want to dig down and figure out which keywords you need for your website, um, there's a lot of services that you can use to do that. Uh, little, there, there's different applications out there that will help you do that as well. Um, 
again, if you if you want to know more about this, I, I bet you anything Paul Mycroft could tell you. Uh, I'm not the genius in this area, so. Uh, but there are ways to find those keywords, and once you have those keywords, then you need to start sticking them in these places that he's telling you to. So the title of the page, the title tag, is a no-brainer. That's easy. It's easy to do. It's right there for you. Uh, another one I've been told is the actual URL. So um, making the URL have some keywords in it as well tends to be a good thing to do. Um, if you're building just a smaller site, like I just made one not too long ago, um, the way to do this is to use index pages for all your pages. And of course, to do that, you need to have different folders. So if I have four different folders, they can each have an index file in them, and then I can name that folder whatever I want. So if my keywords are uh, super rad music, then I could just name the folder super rad music and have the index page in that. And then, you know, whatever my, it would be rickydesigner.com slash super rad music. And then I would have my keywords in the URL like that. So that's another thing I've been told before. Hopefully that's accurate, but it worked for me. Um, including keywords in anchor text. So like actually in the paragraphs, this is another good one. This is the one, this is one that I'm hearing from the SEO company that we're working with quite a bit because it's all kind of shifted from meta tags with keywords in them and these kind of tricky things that people used to do. It's all shifted to the actual beef, the content of the page. And that's where your stuff has really got to go. Um, making it a hyperlink, uh, hyperlink text is just, or an anchor text is just a way for it to stand out even more. And then you're actually linking to something maybe in your own site. And that, again, he went over some of those things. When you when you have a page that's linked from several other pages in your site, that becomes a very important page. So, um, but anyways, the content is really what, what the, the search engines are looking for these days. And another thing he said, um, writing copy. He said, when you're writing copy for customers, uh, don't write it for the search engines, write it for the customer. That was a great, great tip. Um, you don't want it to be all gurgled up just nonsense, just filled with keywords. That's what a lot of these uh, link farm things do, which which he's talked about a couple of times. And that's basically, I've, I've actually been offered a couple of them. Hey, do you want to trade links? And they're trying to get me to trade links. And there's just, you know, a million different things on there and nothing makes really sense at all. And that's not what you want. You want something that makes sense because the point of this is, okay, you're trying to drive people to your website by getting on the search engines. But once they actually get to your website, you want them to stay there. And they're not going to stay there if your content means nothing to them, if it makes no sense. So it's got to make sense. Now, he's, he was talking about um, making pages 600 to 800 uh, words, I think he said. And um, I haven't heard that number. The number that I heard was at least 250. So that's what we were told, that we need to have at least 250 words on the page for it to actually, you know, register as a, a, a full amount of content or something. I'm not exactly sure. I didn't get the full explanation on that one, but just know that you do want to have enough content that that people are going to get something out of your website. Just having them actually land there probably isn't going to do you much good unless you're getting some kind of uh, pay-per-click type of deal where you make money just by them coming to your page. But usually the object is to keep them on the page and have them, you know, search through the rest of your website. So. Uh, definitely keep that in mind. Uh, let's see. A lot of this other stuff was about link popularity. And I think that can tend to get a little confusing. But um, basically, you know, we I just talked about the importance of one page in your website being linked from several others. And there's lots of different ways to do that. But also, who's linking to you? And that I think that subject came up in both parts of his uh, little discussion there. Very important. I mean, you can't just share links with anybody and think that, oh, that's going to really make a difference. They really have to be uh, something that relates entirely or almost entirely to what you're doing on your website. So like he said, you know, if I have some music website linking to Rookie Designer, it's probably not going to help me out that much because, you know, what kind of expertise is there? You know, they're recommending my website, but what does that have to do with music? And it probably goes back to the fact that, okay, if somebody links to my site that is, say, like a music thing, if somebody goes to their their website and says, oh, this is a cool music website, what do they recommend? And they go and they click on mine, they go to mine. Now they're like, what the hell is this? I didn't want to look at something for design, and then they leave. So that's kind of like a a, a bad referral almost. So um, 
anyway, that's that's my opinion on the subject. I think that's kind of where that comes from. You don't want links that are just going to any old website. You want them to actually relate to the website that you were on previously so that you know you keep that kind of bond going with the user that they're going to keep continuing through the next website as well. Um, all very, very good points though. And uh, I, I think I'll definitely be sharing more of this as I get into the design phase at my work because I know I'm going to be, I actually got some documents from these guys that I, I need to read and I'll probably be bringing some of that stuff up as well. Um, maybe not devoting a whole nother podcast to it because we've already done a couple on this already. But I, I think, again, it's very important stuff. And if you are building websites, you definitely, definitely need to know it. Okay, so for the last segment of this, again, I don't want to talk forever but uh, or talk too long because I'm kind of still under the weather a bit, but I want to revisit a couple of topics. Uh, somebody emailed me about, they had uh, listened to one of the older episodes where I was talking about, uh, God, pizza flyers or something, or flyers that you get in the mail and how disgustingly ugly they are sometimes, and this whole debate about what is good design, and he sent me this article, and... Uh, I'll actually throw the link up in the show notes because I thought it was a great, great article and it talks specifically to this topic of it may look bad, but does that mean it's bad design? And in my opinion, absolutely not. You know, I don't like to look at these things that you get in the mail and there's like a million things all over it, but you know, it all has to do with return on investment or, or leads that they're generating by putting these things out there. Now, one thing that that they do pretty much every time is make sure that their logo or their name is very, very big on there. The phone number is probably either the first or second biggest thing on there. And if it's like a pizza flyer, I mean, this makes sense, right? There's a bunch of coupons on there and there's a phone number. What do you expect people to do? Call and order a pizza. You know, maybe they'll use the coupon, maybe they won't, but they, they saw this in the mail, they saw the big phone number and they used it. That is successful design. It's, it served its purpose. The purpose was to get this customer to call in and uh, once that happens, once they, they generate that, then that's that's considered successful design, no matter how bad it looks. Now, there are degrees to this as well. And of course, you know, if you have a more professional style business, you're not going to put something out that looks like a pizza flyer because people won't call because they'll be like, oh, well, this, this looks like a pizza flyer, but this is, uh, you know, a, a spa or something, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a massage, not a pizza. So, I mean, there, there are different degrees to it as well. Um, I've still seen pizza flyers or flyers for, that are like menus for restaurants that just have too, too much stuff on them to the point where you don't even know what to look at. And that was, I think, one of my big points when I went over this the first time is you want to make sure that you're still directing the reader. They need to be directed in a certain pattern. People look at things in, in certain ways. So you got to try and follow that. But also you want to try and direct the reader to the things that you want them to see by you know, putting them in certain places, by using white space, by drawing their attention with colors. There's all different th types of ways that you can do this. But uh, that's kind of the idea is you're trying to control what they're looking at so that you can have them look at the important stuff. So uh, when you just clutter it up with just tons and tons of crap, then it, it becomes very confusing. People get kind of fatigued at looking at things like that, and uh, they might just toss the, the whole thing altogether. So um, like I said, there's degrees to it. I mean, some of these things look totally gaudy and they work. Some of them just have too much stuff on them, and maybe they work, maybe they don't. You don't know because uh, there's just too much going on there for people to comprehend. So uh, I, will leave, I will leave that uh, URL for that. It's on, let's see. It's called Speak Up is the name of the little website thing that it's on. And uh, I will put a link to that in the show notes again, rookiedesigner.com slash rookie, so you can check that out. I think everybody should give it a read, though. It's pretty interesting because, you know, I think designers tend to have that stance that, you know, if something looks bad, then you just automatically think that it's bad design, but not always the case. Uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about, I had a nice little uh, mini vacation last weekend as I was getting sick. Um, actually the last couple of weeks or week and a half, I went to the podcaster convention, which was in Ontario, California, lovely Ontario, California, right by the airport. And, uh, that was pretty interesting. I met a lot of very cool people. Um, it's, it's funny to going to one of those things, especially after going to like Photoshop, uh, very kind of, well, 
kind of different. I wouldn't say very different. Everybody's kind of into their technology. Same thing as with the designers, you know, it's, it's in different areas maybe, but uh, everybody's kind of that same thing. The, the different thing about the podcaster convention, that was great. And you, I'm sure you guys would know this if you listen to many podcasts at all, a podcaster about everything, you know, and I hope you guys don't just listen to design podcasts because there's so much being offered out there. It's so, so much good content out there that um, you can really make yourself a well-rounded person just by listening to some of it. Uh, I like to listen to some music shows and comedy shows, and I think I've mentioned those before, but the great thing about that uh, convention is it's, it's just basically a bunch of people from a bunch of completely different worlds all gathering together and uh, hanging out and partying and all that kind of good stuff. So it was, it was really, it was a great experience. I'm glad I went. And uh, why do you care? I don't know. Uh, if anybody's interested in podcasting at all, though, I, I definitely recommend that you give it a try. It's easy. Uh, you don't have to have a whole lot of stuff to, to set it up and get started. And uh, who knows, maybe you could be as cool as me someday. Yay. Uh, anyways, uh, if you do start podcasting, definitely go to this uh, conference thing. I only got into one of the classes and it was about how to monetize a podcast, which half the classes usually are because most people get into it because they want to make money. Um I consider myself a little bit different. I actually started this because I wanted to help people. I wanted to share my story and I wanted something there for people who are just coming out of school and stuff. So, and I've gotten a lot of uh, positive feedback from people. So I guess I'm doing an okay job and, uh, you know, making a little money on the side doesn't hurt either. So anyways, that was fun. Uh, the next thing, uh, last weekend, I actually went to Magic Mountain, which is a Six Flags Park here in California. It's up towards LA, kind of. And uh, I was just noticing a couple of things. I did another podcast a while back about kind of noticing the design that's around you. And, and one thing that kind of struck me that I forget about is these roller coasters. And first of all, I, I saw this uh, program on Discovery Channel, I think it was, where they're showing you how they how to build, you know, not how to build, but how they're building the roller coasters how they're putting them together. So they did a metal one, which is of course just all these big giant metal pieces that are bolted together. And then they were doing a wooden one as well, like a, a classic wooden roller coaster where there's just like a million slats of wood in there. And uh, just a lot of, lot of crazy effort and design that goes into that. But then not only that, once these things are built and they're ready to present to the public, they put their own face on it, you know? Now uh, I think, um, I think Six Flags is owned by Warner Brothers or something like that, who I believe also owns DC Comics. I'm not sure if I'm totally correct there, but there's a ride there that's called Superman. There's one that's called Batman. So they have some of these ones that are, you know, comic related, but other ones, you know, they just kind of get the personality of that roller coaster, I guess. And it's kind of like the same thing that we're trying to do. Okay. So there's a certain personality or there's a certain um, way that this, thing that we're trying to present wants to be presented. It has a certain attitude or, or a certain way about it. So these roller coasters are the same. So they make up these crazy names and then they have some kind of design that goes with it. And I think they really get, uh, they really get creative with those things. And it was just kind of something that I forgot about. I mean, they make the whole logo for it and then actually designing, you know, the roller coaster as much as they can. I mean, these metal things are just a bunch of metal, but when you go in and you walk up into the thing, uh, going into the little Batman thing, they try and make it interesting. Cause you, you know, sometimes waiting there for three hours to ride the ride, but, um, they try and make things interesting. I think it works a little better with something like Batman where there's already a theme. Okay. You're walking through and it's like Gotham city. There's like a burnout old, uh, cop car and you get in the place and there's like, you know, fake things that they designed on the walls to make it kind of have that ambiance, but um, I don't know. I was just kind of noticing that stuff and and uh, thinking back to that episode that I did where I'm saying, you know, notice the things around you. There's design everywhere. On everything you look at these days, everybody's trying to advertise on something. So just look around and, and you can get some inspiration from some of these things. Maybe not um, complete inspiration. Maybe you might think something is bad and maybe that'll inspire inspire you not to do that. But uh, just to get some ideas of what's out there and maybe that'll give you ideas to what you could be doing or should be doing or whatever. Now that's what I call a rookie mistake. So for the mistake tip, I'm 
Really not sure if I've ever done this one before. I'm getting to this point where I feel like I'm starting to repeat myself. So um, if I am and you know it, please let me know. But uh, I thought for today we'd say uh, don't ever be afraid to ask a question. Even if I've done this one before, you you got to know this one. Uh, I think it's a, a huge thing for students. You know, nobody wants to look stupid by asking a stupid question. So you, you really got to get over that. And you have to get over it now. Whether you're a student or whether you are a professional who's had years and years of experience. And, uh, you know, it might tend to come up in that situation as well. You know, you, you've been working for like five years or something. And it's something you think you should know. Don't be afraid to ask anybody. There's there's no stupid questions. Because if you don't know the answer and you, you screw something up because you didn't know the answer and you just went ahead and did something anyways, then it's 10 times as worse. So make sure you, if you have somebody there to ask, ask them. They're not going to laugh in your face. They're, they're not going to uh, ridicule you or anything. So um, no one really expects you to know everything. And if they do, maybe you're in the wrong job because nobody can know everything all the time. Uh, you just got to go with what you know. Um, there's lots of resources out there, of course. Uh, if anybody wants to ask me anything, I always say I'm, I'm waiting here, ready to answer your questions. Might take a couple weeks because I'm like so lagging behind everything, but uh, I will absolutely answer any question I know how to, how to answer. Um, this whole thing kind of came up again too because somebody wrote me and inspired the topic for App Clinic this week, and that was you know how do you how do you export a PDF? Because before I did something where we wrapped up all the files from InDesign to send them to the printer, but we were using the InDesign files, so we had to include the fonts and the images and all that. Um, they asked, well, what about making a PDF? How do you know what settings to use? And the, the, the best answer to that is your printer knows that. Or if you're submitting to a magazine, the magazine knows that. These people are the ones who are going to be able to tell you that information. That's not something you're just going to know because every single printer is completely different. So they're the ones, they're the professionals running it. They know what kind of settings that they need to, to optimize it, to make it the best on their printing, on their printing machine. So ask them, they will, they will know if they don't know, maybe you should find a new printer. Things are getting a bit out of hand. looks like it's time to go to the bullpen. Our resource for today is called design snack. That's designsnack.com. And uh, I just thought this one related well to the topic that we had today because it is kind of like a, a place where you can go check out websites. There's like award-winning websites, um, just all kinds of different websites. And if you're building websites, it's a good thing to go take a look at a, as many as you can. It'll give you ideas, again, of maybe what you want to do, maybe what you don't want to do. Um just maybe things that you've never even thought of doing before on a web page. It's just good to get out there and look at what's out there. There's a million web pages, of course. So, I mean, you could never look at too many, but I think you can really benefit from checking out what other people have done and not necessarily copying it, but maybe getting some good ideas sparking off of the things that they've done. So, uh, this is a pretty cool little website. This is one that somebody sent in for the last contest and, uh, I thought it was pretty cool and very relevant. So check it out, designsnack.com. All right, before we get out of here, the usual things, uh, please tell a friend about this podcast if you know somebody that you think would enjoy it or is getting into design or is in design. Um, tell them about it. Tell them where it is. Tell them how to subscribe, whatever you need to do. Help me out. Uh, this is uh, the main thing that I ask you guys to do. Just... Uh, you know, tell anybody that you can so we can build up the community and uh, we can have plenty of listeners to interact with. If you want to contact me, like I said before, if you have any question at all, if you have a suggestion for a topic for a show or a suggestion of how I can make this show uh, less boring, then uh, you can send that to me, adam at rookiedesigner.com. It's my email, or you can go to myspace.com slash rookie designer. Um, you can also Skype me. My username is titanstrides. Or my favorite way is for you to go to the forum, rookiedesigner.com slash forum. And uh, you can talk with a bunch of different people there. You can ask me questions. You can ask everybody a question and hopefully get an answer maybe even sooner than the two weeks that uh, I say that it takes me usually, sometimes longer. Anyways, uh, the forum is a great place. There's, there's some tons of cool people up there, all designers. If you want to talk about design or if you don't want to talk about designs, we've got other conversations going up there as well. But uh, definitely check that out and register if you haven't already. 
All right. Thank you once again for listening, for subscribing, tuning in. Thank you for sending me the emails. Uh, sorry, the responses usually are late. Uh, thanks for spreading the word about Ricky Design. I really, really appreciate that. Um, I couldn't do this without you guys. And uh, just remember, everyone's a rookie before they're an all-star. That one's high. It's got the distance. It's high. I just found the frame Where I took your picture away In my wallet Like a saint from some other place That picture repays My eyes as they glaze Thousand lashes from a love Long gone away I'll know that you're gone For good When the dawn Kicks me awake I'll dress and move on Put on What I can take So take and get on You There's a phone call aimed at me tonight. the frame and some baggage I claimed I came home to a world sadly changed so I got stoned till I thought this house a home when I came down When the dawn kicks me alive, I know we'll go home. Somehow we'll both survive, so take and get on you. Sweet thing, tonight you'll find me alone and getting high.